Grab your popcorn and goobers. It's time for Motherhood in Hollywood with your host, Heather Brooker. This is a crude prude's perspective on being a full-time mom in showbiz. She's not a perfect mom, but she can play one on TV. Hold on to your butts. Here's Heather. OMG, you guys, I am so excited about today's show. My good friend Rich Keith stops by, and uh, he's the first guy we're having on Motherhood in Hollywood. Hooray for guys! Woohoo! Um, it's not just for the ladies, this Motherhood in Hollywood show. Uh, Rich is totally kicking ass and taking names in Hollywood right now, and I'm so proud of him. He's stopping by today to talk to us about his brand new show on the CW called Significant Mother. It airs Monday, August 3rd, and he's going to share with us his journey um, of what it took for him to get there. It's really interesting and probably um, not what you would think. So definitely you want to listen to that. Before we get into the interview with Rich, though, I want to give a huge shout out to all the people who've taken the time to subscribe to the show and give me a review on iTunes. Your support has launched us to the top few podcasts in the new and noteworthy section um, in the Kids and Family uh, section of iTunes. So thank you guys so much. It's so great to know that people are listening and they like the show and I'm not just talking to myself in my office, <laughs> um, which I do a lot by the way, but, uh, it's nice to know that you guys are out there. Like, um, really quick. I just want to thank Tabasoko, uh, Tabasco soul. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, for the very first review on iTunes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The thrifty babe, um, H and Harper eight JVD six, two, eight Jenny B. Thank you guys so much. You are all, uh, along with everybody else in the running now for the giveaway we're going to do on September 15th for the honest company bundle and a very special motherhood in Hollywood tote bag. Hooray. Also, thank you to everybody who's been tweeting me and following us on Twitter. I see your tweets and, um, I appreciate the support there as well. So now that all that jibber jabber is uh, done, I want to get right into the interview with Rich because he has a lot of amazing things, uh, to tell you about for his show, Significant Mother on the CW. So, uh, get your ears ready for an eargasm, guys. <laughs> Here's Rich. Okay, Rich, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I appreciate it. You're welcome. You can talk now. Oh, okay, I can. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know. I just told him, be quiet, I'm doing the testing thing. Um, I'm so thrilled because you're here because you have so many amazing things happening in your career. And um, you and I have known each other for like seven years? I think like eight seven years, years seven yeah. or eight years. Um, and I first met Rich at Acme Comedy Theater mm -hmm. here in Los Angeles, which is no more. Does it still exist? It exists as a venue. I don't know that it exists as like a comedy warehouse? I don't yeah, know what a comedy warehouse like a, is. Because it's like the Groundlings, or yes. it sort of was modeling It's like the ghost little. of the Groundlings it's now. It's the ghost of the Groundlings, totally. Um, and that's where I met Rich, and we did sketch together in the main mm -hmm. company. Yeah. Um, and I think the sketches we wrote maybe were not so great. <laughs> I know. Did we ever get one in? I think... I don't think we did. I think there was even one episode where I was like the head writer and yes. I wrote something with you and we still didn't and get it in. And you still were like, no, I was like, uh, was Heather's part of this was good. Mine wasn't. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm pretty I think sure it was, it was, it was all me. None of my <laughs> stuff in the Acme company ever got picked. And I was like, why do they hate me? I didn't. Yeah. Um, I, that was always very strange to me because I would come some weeks and be like, I wrote garbage. And yeah. it, it was hilarious. And I'd come but it in would other get weeks. Picked, right? Yeah. And it would get last. And then I'd come in some weeks and be like, I wrote the best sketch ever. And I'm on stage performing it laughing my way through it because I thought I was such a genius and I just look out and everyone's staring at me like wow this is a pile of garbage you know because comedy is so subjective yes and it's and it really is um I guess you're up to your director in a situation like that uh but I remember Kirk Dietrich was our director um a few times and mm -hmm. I literally would bring him gold I would be like, I have just given birth to the most amazing sketch ever. And he would be like, eh, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, that's a very accurate Kirk Diedrich if I know. you don't know him. You're welcome. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's strange too because even with our with Aaron and my show, the one episode, episode seven that we, some others wrote, uh, the writers wrote, and then we did a pass on it to sort of punch it up. And mm -hmm. there's CW had a, a, a fair amount of notes just on story and making the characters a little more likable. And so we did a rewrite of it and it was such a long day and it was like 11 at night. We've been rewriting it for 14 hours 
and Aaron was almost crying and we were like, we don't know if it's good anymore. Maybe it was better when it started. And now it's one of our favorite episodes. Like we are so proud of it and the, and the writers that we worked with on it, you know, it just, it, yeah, it I was wanna, kind of a nice confluence of, I want to know how all of this came to be because when we were at Acme together, like you were a writer, I was a writer, everybody mm-hmm. there was like, you know, busting their hump, like trying to get a, just a sketch on. And now yeah. you have a show coming out on the CW, which is, incredible it's called significant mother mm-hmm. and it stars krista allen who is hello gorgeous yes very pretty right yeah um so tell me let's back up a little bit like how did this come to be you uh, submitted to a festival was the last thing i read you won like the fox um pilot? so yeah it's a weird like confluence of things so first i met our uh showrunner trip reed who works for alloy entertainment and we developed this as a digital series for them i met him because I auditioned for and sort of tested as much as you test for a digital series for the show called Dating Rules for My Future Self with Shree Appleby. Okay. And it's Alloy. They're, it's a handsome brand, or sexy brand. You know, they do Vampire Diaries. And <laughs> mm-hmm. so all of basically any supernatural show on the CW, except for Supernatural, Alloy does. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, they, have all the, they own all the vampires on the CW. And so <laughs> I didn't get that part. I think my face might have been partly to blame. Uh, also, I improvised a lot. Like you weren't vampire-y enough? Like, well, it wasn't or... a vampire show. I just wasn't. Oh. I, I don't think I was. I don't think I had the jawline that the character required oh. necessarily. Oh, and that very CW looking or that very. Yeah, I have to shave my jawline in with my beard. Yeah, it's there not... is a certain type that's like that for actors. Like they do have a very rugged. I think it's perfect is the type. Perfect. Yeah, supermodel no. perfect. And, but so I went in for the sort of the test with Sheree and I improvised a lot just because. I don't know. I felt like improvising a lot. I now that I'm a writer, I hate when people do that. But uh, I improvise. Do you really? Uh, in the audition room, I hate it if they do it in a way that changes the meaning of the scene. Because for the audition, you're gonna have to say what we wrote when you get on set. So you have to be able to pull that off. If you want to add to it, that's fine. But a lot of improv, I find, is because people don't know how to connect to the material or pull it off. So they they have all this oh. great improv, but it's like, well, we're not gonna use that. So you know, when I if I have an improv show, I will definitely call you. But I need someone that can say these lines because we spent six months and rounds of notes, and it's not just that I need you to say it. The network might, ha- you know, one line might be from the network that we have to have in there. And if I don't know if oh, you can wow. say it, so that's uh, yeah, you never know where why those lines are in there. See, that's really interesting to hear from an actor's mm-hmm. perspective specifically because I will go into an audition sometimes, and. Um, if I improv a line, it's usually because I've maybe forgotten what and I'm that's different. Say. You can tell when someone does that. Yeah. It's more when they come in and have just been like, we had a couple people come in, I think that maybe had more of a stand-up background, and they were very funny, but they were just so busy doing their, their thing. Yeah, and so I don't, hopefully that's not what I was doing, but I just was trying to, honestly, uh, sorry, Trip, but the character didn't have any jokes, and it was a comedy. Yeah. So I tried to add some jokes. I was trying to be careful not to change the character, and the other EP, other than Trip, in the room was like, um, Rich, you're, this is Cherie's show, and you know it's all about her. And I'm like, right, but Cherie has her job already. Oh, so this right. audition's about me getting the job. So I was like, if you hire me, I will say all these words. <laughs> but right now, I need to get you to hire me. They did not hire me. Oh. <laughs> but Trip called my manager... And asked if I was a writer. Mm. And so it turns out I was. That's fantastic. Yeah, I was very, I'd just gotten back from getting engaged to my wife. And I went in on that audition. So I had stayed in touch with Tripp for like a year and a half after that and just sort of would go in and meet with him every once in a while and didn't really have, I was still writing stuff, but I didn't have anything that really fit. I had a feature that he liked, but you know, he couldn't Mm -hmm. really, didn't help. So basically though, from that audition, from you improvising, even though you just said, don't do it. (laughs) If you want to be a writer, you can do it. you just said don't do it but look where it led for you yes I mean, it, it, so it's like a it's a catch-22 it's a catch-22 it was but i i think it but it wasn't just that because i had a bunch of meetings with trip after that where nothing came of it because i just didn't have the right material and then i had an idea for a pilot and i didn't want to write it on my own and aaron and i have known each other for about 10 years and we would we wrote features on our own and would give each other notes and so i kind of just was like hey do you want to write this thing with me we wrote a uh, this spec pilot called Great Expectations. It was just sort of like a no concept comedy, and Trip read it and really liked it, and brought us in for a meeting. And when we were in for that meeting, we just thought it was sort of like a general. He got the head of the company, a guy named Les Morgenstein, on the phone in New York, and another um, executive that was there at the time named Katie Schwartz, who ended up 
actually writing an episode on the show this season. Mm-hmm. And they pitched us two ideas that because they do alloys everything in-house. And so they had an idea that was one sentence called, So I Married Your MILF. Oh. That was it. <laughs> and they wanted a show about a guy who came home and found his best friend had married his mom. And we didn't know how to write that show. Uh, so we talked to them a little bit about about dialing it back. Mm-hmm. And it just felt very kind of far-fetched and sort of like a funny sketch Yeah, if that happened. But we were like, there's so much story in two friends where one guy starts dating another or starts dating somebody for the first time in their friendship as an adult. That's a huge change. Plus, if it's the guy's mom and being comfortable, there's so much story between the first time the mom and the friend sleep together and getting married mm-hmm. that for us, we're like, that's the show. I see. That's, you know, the, the marriage might be the end of the show, but it's definitely not the beginning. And so we developed it with them. We developed out a pitch. Uh, we came back in with a pitch. They bought the pitch from us. Um, and we sort of fleshed that out even more. We pitched around a couple places and nobody wanted it at all. A lot of people wouldn't even take the meeting off of the log line of the show. Oh, wow. Because um, we hadn't done anything, and it could, it could be bad. Yeah, it could yeah. be good or it could be bad. Hopefully it's good. <laughs> and then in the interim, the show was, I thought, we thought it was pretty much dead. Like, mm-hmm. we hadn't heard anything from Trip in a couple months. And they thought maybe Trip was dead. And then, so in the interim, we had another half-hour show that we wrote um, that was sort of a multi-cam that we submitted to the New York Television Festival's Fox Comedy Script Competition, and it won. And when that yeah. won, we got repped by CAA, and I emailed Trip and was like, hey, CW Seed was at this, the at the festival. Have we sent it to them? He's like, we have. They passed uh, on the concept, but it was a while ago. And try you know, again. I'll, I'll, I'll try again, because yeah. you know, Alloy has a great relationship. And, and Aaron and I being unknown, I think this gave us like a little bit of, gave them a little bit of reason to meet so we went in, that was in October. We went in in November and pitched the show the end of November, and then they bought it a week later as now, a digital I, series. I was going to say, originally it was supposed to be a digital series, right? Yes. It was a digital series. We developed, I mean... Were they going to just put it on their website? They were. CWC, it's their digital portal. Oh, I see, I see. Um, for Aaron and I, it was always a pilot, even if the network didn't know it. <laughs> we considered it a thrillet because they gave us enough money to make six digital episodes mm-hmm. um, at about 11 or 12 minutes each, which is, if you combine them, three normal TV episodes. So we wrote the first three episodes that we shot. as So the pilot, which is going to air, basically, except for the reshoots we had to do for a recasting, mm-hmm. as we shot it, so there's a lot from the original, we divided into two parts. So the first 11 minutes were the first two acts with it to be continued, and then it was continued oh, so it, w- it would work as a digital series but it could be combined and moved directly over to tv I if see. they wanted to and um, thankfully they wanted to. yeah definitely i want to ask a little bit about your relationship with aaron now sure. you said you've known her for 10 years right yeah. had you guys been writing partners that whole time or no um mo- we were both mostly just acting until i think she started writing features sort of about the same time that i did about five years ago, mm-hmm. um, she actually came and hosted the Acme show. I was gonna say I remember her from hosting Acme. Yeah, Saturday. turns out the first Acme. thing we wrote together, we realized uh, doing a, an interview for the show was this weird tooth fairy sketch that got in the main <laughs> show. It's always that the Aaron weird was like way. a shitty tooth fairy <laughs> who just didn't know what she was doing. She was like the Paris Hilton of tooth fairies. Oh, perfect. Yeah, um, but we so we were writing separately. I had a feature uh, called Fall that. Is coming out this fall, right? Or no, it starts? It, no, it was supposed to. Rob Reiner was attached to direct it, mm-hmm. and then he dropped off to do his son's film. So now it's out to other directors, or maybe if the show does well, Aaron and I will direct it. I'm not sure what's going on yeah. with it. But I had sent that to Aaron to read, and she had a feature called I Love that was sort of like Love Actually, but centered around dating websites and technology. So it was intertwining mm-hmm. stories of digital love. Oh, cool. That uh, had, I think, I might get this wrong. Someone like Selma Hayek was attached to it for a while. Someone oh, big wow. and, and, uh, yeah. and um, uh, Jennifer Todd, who does all a lot of, um, uh, who's the guy? Edward Scissorhands, the director from Edward. Tim Burton. Tim Burton. Thank you. Jeez. I'm like <laughs> seeing all the, I'm seeing Jack Skellington and I can't think of Tim Burton. Name. I'm just glad I knew that. Yeah. Cause usually I'd be like, Oh, hold on Google. I yeah. gotta look that. 
Look at that shit. Where would we find these answers? <laughs> if only we had a device that was connected to the world. That was giving my hip cancer at the moment. <laughs> I know. Um, so Jennifer Todd was attached to produce that. So we traded those scripts, and that was, yeah, about five years ago. We wrote Great Expectations, actually. It didn't get very good response, so we put it away and mm-hmm. just didn't write together for a while. Mm-hmm. And then randomly, Erin invited Sarah and I to her and her husband's, this was before Sarah and I were married, to her and her husband's 4th of July party. And then the next week, I was working on another feature on my own, and I couldn't figure out how to end it, mostly because I think it was bad. <laughs> and I was looking through my computer. I was like, there's got to be something I can rewrite to feel better about myself. Yeah. And I found great expectations. And from taking like a year and a half off of it, I was like, oh, I know what's wrong with it yeah. for the most part. And That's so I did That's the worst it. feeling is when you can't figure out how to end something. And you don't want to just be like, well, maybe my idea isn't working. Or maybe you, you don't want to like throw the whole thing away. Because right. you, j- you know. I mean, Aaron, in episode eight of our show, I was writing the first draft of it uh, while Aaron was on set watching us uh, we were shooting, I think, five and seven at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I was doing the first draft of eight, and I got to page 35, and our scripts are 27 pages, so that's mm-hmm. a bad sign. And I had a whole <laughs> scene left, and I just went to Aaron, and I was like, I don't know how this ends. And we had to throw out that entire draft. That Sometimes you just oh, don't know. Like that's so, that's We had so a couple this year. Yeah, I mean, just, I mean, we're newer writers, so yeah. we don't always see the problems until we write the whole Until problem you're getting in the middle yeah. of it yeah because an outline yeah. is very different like it's very easy to paraphrase an idea sure. but when you're you actually can't like, make active yeah even you're yeah. actually like writing the dialogue and the actions and stuff yeah you're like this do is you, very passive do you find that it's been easier for you to have a writing partner yes. than it was by yourself because i that's what i struggle with is i sit here at my computer all the time and i'm like today's the day i write a feature and then i just <laughs> stare at my final draft yeah i mean i couldn't have done this without aaron i mean it's uh, especially tv um, it's just such uh, an up and down mm-hmm. job. Yeah. You know, I mean, like I said, there was one day she was crying and I was like, I bet if we go to bed and wake up in the morning, it'll be fine or we'll know how to fix it. And yeah. we woke up in the morning and it was mostly fine. Why do you think that is? Because you just feel a lot of pressure at this level now that you've got a, sh- uh, a show on a major network. Like, are you feeling... I don't know if it's... Pr- I mean, there is pressure, but it's... I think it's more... There's so much to keep track of, especially yeah. we we and oversaw. Plus you, just, you want it to be good. You want it to be good, yeah. and yeah. and you know we had never had our own show. Our showrunner had never had his own show or run a show. Um, he's a directing showrunner, not a writing showrunner. So we were sort of the head writers. So it kind of took all three of us to figure out how to do this, and I don't think any one of us would have been able to do it without the others. And so. It's nice also, I mean, Erin and I have very different skill sets. I mean, she runs an acting studio, so she's very good at tracking, making sure the mm-hmm. character's performance or the actor's performances in the scenes track yeah. out of the last scene and into the next scene. She's also very logical. She's great at outlining, and I love writing crazy first drafts. And then, you know, so we'll do the outline together. Usually I'll do a draft, then she'll do a draft, then we'll do it together. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it kind of the parts that I hate she is fantastic at and the parts I don't know if she hates the parts that I do but the part I love usually she'll let me kind of you comp- do the garbage yeah draft. you compliment each other yeah. like she you know you guys compliment each other's strengths and weaknesses yeah and usually by I, yeah. the time I go to write sort of our usually I'll write our sort of our sort of first vomit pass but our outline is so detailed by that point that yeah. it's like it, it's you know it's fun to write you're I've not, heard I'm not finding the, my if way if you write anymore. the outlines like well enough that your draft will just come like super easy if you if you've yeah. got a strong outline then you should be good to yeah go. our episode eight the one that we threw out a draft of we threw out two drafts of it <clears throat> then went back to the network got an outline approved and then i think turned around the episode in 48 hours i mean episode nine two days before we started shooting it we didn't have an outline yet Mm-hmm. And then we had a script. We actually shot one scene before the script was done. Felt very much like Michael Bay. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it was really fun. I mean, it ended up working out fine, and that's sort of the nature of the business. Is th- I think the time crunch sometimes makes things better because you kind of mm-hmm. sometimes necessity is the mother. You just of have to do it. You have to get it done by a certain time, and it is yeah. what it is. At some point, I think for writers, it's really hard to like because you you're so attached to your words and you love them so much. And then to just let them go or let somebody else like butcher them. For me, I know that that's a hard, for the record, nobody on our show butchered my words, (laughs) except for for you. You know who you are. You, you, yes, (laughs) you, the anonymous you. Yeah. 
I well maybe I'll speak for myself that okay. I get very attached to my writings and the idea of somebody coming in and being like this doesn't make any sense or this needs to be changed to this I'm gonna be like you dummy you are not in the room you don't know TV will disabuse you of that very I've quickly. heard that I've heard that disabuse dis- dis- is a word right I felt very yeah. good about that okay it cool is, yeah. all right I don't use it good very choice. often no. thank you now you can use it anytime you want yeah um yeah I mean but it you d- have to you're literally get baptized by fire with that huh? nothing like, is precious. It yeah. really, it isn't. And, and the best, if it really quickly teaches you that the best idea you have is the next one, not the last one. Yeah. And it, and if that's not the case, you're going to be out of a job very soon. That, yeah. That you should be most excited about the thing you have to do next, not the thing you've done before. It's very easy to be proud of and excited mm-hmm. of something that's done. It's much harder to, to stay excited about what's coming about what's next. Because what's, like, what's coming next is always the hardest thing you've ever written until yeah. you write it, and then it's not. You know, I look at actors like the the big comedy actors and producers like Will Ferrell, Judd Apatow, um, Steve Carell. You look at the stuff that they have on IMDb that says in in production mm-hmm. and filming, and then you've got the ones that have like optioned, script, you know, scripted, whatever. And there's like 15, 20, you know, projects that they've got all coming down the pipe for the next like five, ten years. And Aaron I'm and like, I would love to be at that point. Right, that's right now, we're just yeah. like what. The show. I hope the show does well because otherwise we have to come up with a whole other idea. A whole other idea and pitch and that sounds to somebody re- else. Yeah. So when you guys were, um, did, are you now officially writing partners with the guild? Is that how that works? You have to write everything together. Or? I mean, it doesn't. For this show, we are officially writing partners contractually. Mm-hmm. Right now, Aaron has. We still have one feature on our own each. Aaron's actually. Uh, pitching something tomorrow to Disney without me um, and you're like which, whatever which I'm sure she misses me greatly saying <laughs> stupid stuff in the corner um, we're generally trying to merge everything we really like working together um, mm-hmm. the Disney thing came out of her other solo feature that's out there mm-hmm. so it, it, it's a strange thing where it's all about branding and so right now in the feature world because we don't have a feature sample together yeah we're not really branded together technically it's I a harder see. sell for our feature agent TV, all our stuff's together, so that's sort of straightforward. Yeah. I think the other, I mean, we, there's a couple things. We have a very complimentary skill set. We genuinely make each other laugh. Um, she catches the stuff I let go. I catch the stuff she lets go. Mm-hmm. And we can do twice as much. Yeah. You know, I think being Which prolific is, is important to both of us. Help. And, yeah. And also, we, I can let it go at the end of the day. Like, it's, it's not like I'm just sitting at home like, I have to fix this, I have to fix this. I know that the next morning we can talk about it and we'll fix it. So it allows right. me to have a life at night and on the weekends where I'm not just a crazy neurotic freak. Yeah, that's one thing that I sort of miss because I it's hard, A, to find somebody like that that you gel with in terms of writing and ideas. It's like getting married. I mean, it's, yeah, a, it's a diff- very it's different, a different, but I joke that Sarah, <laughs> I yeah. don't know if she likes this joke. <laughs> Rich's wife is here with us right now. She's smiling. Okay. And she's smiling. She's I mean, like, this joke time. is already pre-approved. But yeah, Sarah, <laughs> so I have my work wife and my life wife. Right. And it, it really is, whether it was a guy that mm-hmm. was my work wife or mm-hmm. a girl, the gender is not important. It's it's a very specific relationship that you can't it just is. like put on Craigslist yeah. any more than like looking for, you know, beautiful woman who right. cooks and wears high heels it's like that's not really gonna get you a good wife. Uh, is well, that you, is that is that how you and Sarah met or no? <laughs> yes, she in a high heel cooking She's class. Like gonna be like um, she was in kitten heels and I had on pumps. So <laughs> no, but it, it I, you just you know it when you find it. Yeah. And I sort of always knew I wanted to write with somebody, and then I sort of hounded Aaron and broke her down, See, much like with a real great. life. With, with a real, life wife. Real life you find, wife. You find a woman you like, and then you break them down. And then you just wear her they, down. Yeah, you wear them down, and then they're like, fine. What is it going to take to get fine. you to leave me alone? I'm like, be with me forever. Forever. Yeah. yeah. Like, okay, so well, what, yeah. what lady doesn't want that kind of proposal? Exactly. Sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> we write romantic comedies, so that's There you cool. go. Um, I always felt like I had that sort of symbiotic relationship with Brandy, Brandy mm-hmm. McKay. Yeah, yeah. We wrote so well together. You shouldn't have killed her. Huh? You shouldn't have killed her. I know. Ooh, I missed her every day. <laughs> but it was worth it. Um, but hi, she, Brandy. Yeah, hi, She's Brandy. not dead. Not dead. She uh, has such a crazy, busy, real-life job, work yeah. schedule, that it's just so hard, especially in this town, to get together with someone. I feel like, though, you have to physically be present with them to bounce ideas and mm-hmm. like see what's working and what isn't. I mean, you could do a lot of stuff over email and all that, but I don't know. There's just something about being with that writing person. Yes. That writing I mean, Aaron lives four blocks from Oh me. my God. So we that's walk, perfect. I walk to work in her living room or yeah, her hiding room. That's and perfect. then 
And we do, I mean, we finish everything together. We act it out repeatedly and polish and Mm -hmm. we outline everything in detail together. That's great. But then if we're working on two scripts, like I'll be on a first pass and she'll be on a rewrite or like I'll do acts one and two while she works on three and four. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't a great outliner before, but it's not only is it really important, especially when you're, when you have a network or people that are wanting certain things included, Mm -hmm. but also when you're working with two people, it does allow you to work separately towards a common goal. Yeah. And the geography isn't as always, isn't always as big a hindrance as it, as it might otherwise be. Right. Exactly. So, um, you have your first season of significant mother already wrapped up, right? Yes. You're just doing post-production stuff. June 30th. Yeah. And I did a, I did a guest star episode. Aaron did two. Her husband. I was going to ask if you put yourself in and of course you should. Yes. I get to, to kiss Denise Richards. What? Which is a distant second to kissing my wife. A uh, distant second. That's yes. right. <laughs> um, but Denise was lovely. That's uh, fantastic. I, it was the first time I've done a screen kiss since I got married. And it was really weird just because it is. But I realized by like the third take, I was like, oh, I'm not kissing back. So um, it makes uh, it super weird. I mean, it's yeah. already weird enough. But then I just like opened my mouth and stood. <laughs> like, and you're like, get in there, Denise. Yeah. Well, it's also weird. But when... <laughs> When you're the writer and then you're the character kissing, it's, yeah. you feel this weird... It's pretty convenient that you wrote that scene. Yeah, it was also pretty inconvenient that my entire cast and crew uh, kept nagging me and making fun of me for writing that scene in front of oh, Denise, which for I did sure. I, I originally wrote the character as gay. So <laughs> he was originally going to be hitting on Nathaniel Buzolik's <laughs> character. So, you know, that was what I really want now. I mean, yeah. it just, it sort of evolved into that through... Yeah. Um, and so yeah, I was in one episode and I think every season I'll do an episode, like a Hitchcockian yeah. thing. Cause that, that makes me wonder like when, cause you're a performer as well as a writer. So mm-hmm. is that something you don't want to do anymore? Or do you think that the two can be, I think can they, coexist somehow? I think they can coexist right now. I prefer the right, I, I, I find more fulfillment in the writing mm-hmm. and sort of getting to oversee everything and. You know, for example, like the Nate character, the lead of our show, Josh, who plays Nate, who's one of my favorite actors in the entire world, um, who maybe by the time this airs it will be off, but if not, he's in a great play called Cock here in mm-hmm. Los Angeles that's mm-hmm. really cool um, and you should definitely go see. It's about a, a gay guy who falls in love with a woman. Oh. Which usually it's about happens, a lesbian yeah. who falls in love with a man. Right, right. AKA porn. Right, or, right, right. Uh, but Josh That just, doesn't usually happen. That is unusual. Yeah, and it's really, it's really sweet and Josh is tremendous in it, but... There are times when Josh comes over and he's like, I feel like I'm just saying the, I'm like the weird version of you or like, and you know. Um, because it's written in your voice. Yeah. And Krista so. will say that to Aaron. Yeah. And, and there's pieces of Aaron and I in each character. Um, but I see what Josh does with a character that I would have played. Is that and weird? It's, no, because it's so much better than what I could have done <laughs> that I'm, that it may, not that I don't want to do it, but I just he brings something to it that I don't think I have in me as a performer. Mm-hmm. And so I I feel like I have more of that to give as a writer. So I find that so interesting. when I write or when I'm done writing and I look back, I'm much prouder of the writing that I've done. I have fun acting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's my focus right now. And also I don't have to shave my beard if I don't yeah. want to. Or I can I go to set th- without showering. Aaron and I can I just... I will say there is some dreamy aspects like that uh, yeah. of writing and producing and stuff. Yeah. My dream like career or situation is like what Ike Barinholtz has on the Mindy Project. Our friend is his writing partner. Oh, really? Yeah, I was yeah, going to say... Dave Stassen. When I, I was on the show and I met him and... Um, I'm sure I freaked him out because I was like, you have the best job. And he was like, okay, get away. <laughs> I'm sure he's like, you're a weirdo. Just go say your lines. But I kept thinking, I was like, you know what? That is literally like, you get to contribute to the show. You're a producer on the show. You're helping steer the creative ship on the mm-hmm. show. But you also get to go and dick around and have fun and play this awesome character. And I just thought, man, that's a dream. I think, yeah, for me, if it was a... Uh not to diminish Ike's character, but if it wasn't one of the like main leads, like where you were just sort of mm-hmm. your character's job was just to go be funny and silly. Yeah. It would be different. I think like the character Josh plays on our show is the center of the show yeah. in a lot of ways. And so there's so much nuance and subtlety and that and would be difficult that. for you if you were playing that part to do not only, I don't think could I bring as much nuance and subtlety as Josh does, but mm-hmm. Aaron and I have so much else to keep track of that. I think it would take the fun out of every part. Like it just, at a certain point, I think there's just too many things to keep too track of. Too many hats. We also shot nine epi- or seven episodes this year cross-boarded. So the, on any given day, we could be shooting episode five and eight and three mm-hmm. wow. in the same set. Wow. So 
it's a it's a ton to keep track is of. Is that and, because you had time constraints on how time money time literally money. every constraint because you, you could shot have, on location in Portland right in twenty seven days what you shot, shot seven three, three days an episode wow that's incredible yeah. it's Just, the fast I believe the fastest some of the fastest broadcast yeah like, f- over the air show. I think it, it might be the fastest show. Were there sound stages up there, or did you do some of that here? We No, we did everything up there. We built our one set that we shot practically in the digital series. Was that we, the apartment? It's or? a houseboat. Yeah, the houseboat. Okay. A, because the people that lived on the houseboat, I don't think loved having a huge film crew there. Well, sure. But also, the houseboat tips if you have a bunch of people oh. in one corner, so we'd have to have an AD with a bullhorn be like, everyone to center! <gasps> And then everyone have oh to run God, to the center, hilarious. so the horizon would be at like thirty degrees, and all of a sudden you just see the house. Oh my back. gosh! So you actually shot on a houseboat mm-hmm. for your first show yeah. on location. Mm-hmm. What could you have made it any harder on your? Uh, yeah, I don't know. It was <laughs> like, it was very maybe sexy. we'll do a mountaintop next time. It was kind of cool though. My <laughs> we'd originally written it as a loft, and our locations people found this awesome houseboat. But my grandpa uh, wrote advertising back in the Mad Men era of advertising. Cool. Um, like he worked on reach out and touch someone. Mm-hmm. And, um, he won Cleo's, all sorts of cool stuff. That's awesome. But he, his first screenplay that he wrote, it didn't end up getting made, but it was called Dockers, and it was about a woman who lived on a houseboat. So kind of what? random But also that's but so cool. cool Your it, grandpa sounds awesome. Yeah, and kind of cool that my first show yeah. has you know, a character on a houseboat. What a lovely personal touch for you. Like yes, a nice... that I'm in no way responsible for, but grandpa, you're that's welcome. So... I did it all. You did that's, it all just all for you. Aww. No, we had great locations. Portland's an awesome city, and... We shot the last night driving around Portland on a process trailer. Our characters are driving. Um, I can't, I want to give away what it is, but it's a cool spoiler that I'll tell you when we stop recording. Okay, it. good. Ooh, um, juicy. But it's it's a little bit trippy. And it, they're, so they're in this car. And we're driving around Portland on June 30th at midnight, which was when pot became legal in Oregon. Uh. So the whole town smelled like weed. There's all these people out, <laughs> super stoned, very confused why we're driving around in this bizarre vehicle. Yeah, I'm sure they were. They thought well, they all were like, what are we seeing? They thought yeah. they were tripping out or something. And, and Aaron's husband, who plays a, uh, a cop on the show, uh-huh. had a scene that night. So it was kind of fun, you know. Mm-hmm. Having, even though it's legal, I, th- I think still having like a bunch of police driving around with bright lights if you're super high at <laughs> one in the morning. Everyone's still going to figure out, like, wait, is it the 29th or the 30th? Yeah, the like, first? did we miss a day? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. Um, that's so awesome. Portland, I've never been there, but I've heard good things. It's awesome. I mean, it's. I've heard that they have place. like a really big booming food business. They do. And right? I'm so happy that Restaurant you didn't say tour? foodie scene because. Oh, foodie. Is that I've, obnoxious? I, no, I. No, your wife is a chef. My wife's a chef. I, I think we were, I was talking actually at somebody about this. I feel like the word foodie has been commandeered the way the word hipster has. Sure. Like it's not, it's been devalued because anybody that eats food is now a foodie. Like you take pictures of one brunch. <laughs> you're a foodie. And you're a foodie. And so <laughs> I. It's I, become I, a verb, which it, is weird. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I feel like any word can be anything now because of the adjective. internet. Yeah. You can just take vowels out as you see fit. You can just yeah. put an R at the end of a word without an yeah. E or an I. I think the it's... kids now are saying bay. And I'm like, what is that? What? I had to go look that up. What bae. is bay? Um, like B-E-H-B-A-Y? B-A-E. Bay. And like, it's like I think it's like baby slash Beyonce something like it's a an amalgam of like all. It's these three things. letters, is what it yes, is. It's, it's not a word. Yeah, but it is happening all over the internet, and I was like, oh my god, I'm a hundred years old. What does this mean? I had to Google it so that's I could crazy. be down with the kids. Yeah, that's that's the interesting thing about mm-hmm. working on a TV show too. Is Aaron and I feel very current, but we're not sure to which generation. Right? Are yeah. we current How to the you... current generation? Or are we current to? The new girl generation well, or recurring to the Wonder to? Years generation? Yeah, like, obviously, if you're doing a TV show, you want everybody to watch on the planet. Right. Like, I get that. But you also have everybody to Everybody that an thinks idea. I'm funny. Right. So it might be a small So it group. might be a couple of yeah. us. Yeah. All right. So. You and my mom and my wife. <laughs> but, like, you have to have an idea of right. who your show is geared towards. So then, like, do you write your language to uh, for them? I Or do you write it for yourself? I think... Aaron and my philosophy, it's where I, I mean, I think if, if I'm wrong, Aaron can correct me, mm-hmm. but you guys will never hear it. I, <laughs> I think you just have to, I mean, what we sort of thought when we pitched this show, we both said to each other is, we just want to write a show we'd want to watch. Yeah. You know, and, mm-hmm. and that's really what we do. I mean, we only have the voice that we have. I think if you try to write to the voice people want to hear, it feels inauthentic, mm-hmm. at least at the skill level I'm at as a writer. Mm-hmm. And so you have your voice and I think you have your experiences and your stories to tell. I'm very 
pop culture current Mm -hmm. just because I'm a nerd and I like TV and I have an 18-year-old sister-in-law. So, (laughs) I mean, we try to make references that are everything from, you know, Taylor Swift and Magic Mike to uh, we have a Weekend at Bernie's homage because uh, the dad on our show, Jonathan Silverman, was in Weekend at Bernie's. Oh, you have to. Everything in between. I mean, I think we hit Back to the Future at some point. We reference Dawson's Creek. Um, If we get a season two, I'm really pushing for a Goonies episode because there's tunnels under Portland. Oh, my God. Uh, Yes. Yes. So you think they'll give you a little more time in Portland if you get to have a season two? (laughs) I mean, unless they want us unless they want us to die on set. I mean, I I don't know that we could do it again in three days, to be honest. I think this was this was definitely a a sprint and a TV series as a marathon. So hopefully if the show does well or well enough, we'll get a little more time. Yeah. Um, Just even for our actors i mean it's just it's a lo- it's a very quick yeah. schedule um I luckily trip our our showrunner uh and our producer kevin sullivan did a really great job of mm-hmm. prioritizing dollars and and sets and time and is that stuff that you done. have to oversee as well or is that really just sort of handed off cuz like i'm fascinated with how you know it all sort of comes together like you pick your a team of writers or does somebody else pick them like I think it's different for every show um we had a very small budget mm-hmm. which we were very grateful for though mm-hmm. um so we only we hired two we had hired a writer um named Katie Schwartz who's awesome and a writing team Alex Safford and Amanda Pomeroy uh, who were also awesome but lots just, of ladies on ladies. your writing staff all ladies and me. Oh, all ladies. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. Good um, but for we you. didn't have a staff. They freelanced. Oh, so they, they freelanced. just did okay. one episode and got assigned. Yeah. We couldn't afford to have a full writer's room. A full writer's room and all that. So it was mostly Aaron and I. Yeah. Um, Katie was our writer's awesome. assistant, so she was there the whole time. Okay. And Alex and Amanda were there as much as they were allowed to and could be there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, everybody contributed as much as they could, but I think we didn't have to thankfully oversee the budget or the time, and that was not our responsibility this yeah. go around, which I'm very thankful for because uh, it it wasn't an easy thing to pull off. And I think yeah. for us, the pulling off the scripts was honestly hard enough. Um, and in terms of hiring the writers, yeah, we kind of, we got a huge amount of creative freedom from the CW and from Alloy to kind of do mostly whatever we wanted, mm-hmm. which is pretty unprecedented for somebody who's never yeah. made a show. We got to be executive producers on our show. Yeah, that's amazing. I saw that your, your executive producer credit um, on the digital series. Um, because so we executive great. produced it, it got to carry over. So I think because they weren't able, I don't know exactly why, but they entrusted us with a lot of responsibility. Mm-hmm. And and I think it was it was awesome. I mean, there were times yeah. where we're on set and I just would look at Aaron, even when Sarah was visiting, and be like, oh my God. Yeah. They're going to let us put this on TV. <laughs> I mean, there are some things that are very weird. I think they're very funny, but I'm just like, mm-hmm. usually the stuff that I wrote that was that, it was like us putting it up on stage yeah. for 30 people. Yeah. And now on the CW, maybe 90 will watch. Yeah, at least. No, maybe. I mean, I, well, if, let's not get cocky. No, right. exactly. <laughs> um, no, but it, they, especially, yeah. There and the are, network hasn't come in. Like, are they, how much, uh, are they fiddling with your scripts at all? Are they like, well, you can't really do this or. Um, it, it, there's different fiddles. Uh, the, There's a lot of people, a lot of, um, what is the analogy? Spoons in the pot? A lot of cooks in the kitchen? Yes, thanks. CW is not that way <laughs> as much. I have, I have no idea what yeah. I'm talking about. I'm a lot drunk. of knives I'm drunk right the now. knife <laughs> cabinet. Uh, yeah. That's bad. Um, it, the CW is unique in that they're very small. Uh, and in a good way, they do have a smaller share of the audience and a smaller viewership, which allows them, they're going after a specific audience. So it allows them more like a cable network to sort of honor what the creators are trying to do. And they definitely were very involved and had very strong opinions. But 95% of the time, they were in line with making what we were already wanting to do Mm -hmm. better. And if they weren't, they were very open to having a conversation about why we wanted to do what we wanted to do and figuring it out. They very much helped us make the show we wanted to make in, in the best way possible. And the cool thing being at the CW is... It's not a comedy network, so they really yeah. pushed us to find the drama 
when necessary. Is that something you heart. think they're like trying to branch out to do and they're testing the waters a little bit with your show? Cause they really aren't known for comedies. They right. are really known for like the flash and the arrow and like, right. first of all, love those shows. Totally. My husband is a big nerd and he was like, we're going to, Oh, there's a new show coming out. It's called arrow. And I was like, Oh my God. It's great <laughs> though. It's really great. They're very big on story. I mean, they really are. I mean, yeah. that's sort of their, that's their, that's their thing. And, yeah, I mean, I think they're going to try to branch out and do more. I know 2016, they're trying to have a bigger summer. I don't know if we'd ever get to move to the fall or not. Yeah. Um, but they definitely want to do more. And I think being the only comedy, it was very weird. I think sometimes comedy is like, the this is for the biggest audience possible. We don't care. And it's so broad. We felt like their art house project. Like, they were all yeah. so excited. They're like, this is different. There's no vampires. And yeah. nobody shoots arrows or disappears in a flash. So and you- so, yeah, they were very... Mm-hmm. I mean, I think... We're not all the way a dramedy, but we have a lot of we. It's it's got a very was it like sincere, poignant moment? Yeah, I was gonna say is it real? It's got poignant moments. Yeah, of it as sincerity well. was the word I was looking. For. Yeah, sincerity. I, I, I bathed sincerity. I made it too short. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and I think smartly on their part, the concept can make the characters very unlikable if not handled the right way. Yeah, and so we really endeavored to rather than make a show about bad people doing bad things. Mm-hmm. Sarah's heard me say this before. I can see your smile. <laughs> but we, Aaron and I really wanted to make a show. It's like doing stand-up. I have my, I have my spiel. You have your spiel. Yeah, but but it is really, this one is important to both Aaron and I, is we wanted to make a show about good people doing bad things for good reasons. Okay. You know, it's like mm-hmm. sleeping with your son's best friend. Most people, if you just told them that, would be like, well, that's a shitty thing to do. Yeah. But if you do it because you actually have feelings for that person, yeah. and because you're getting a divorce, and, mm-hmm. and it, something good comes out of it, there's a lot of interesting questions to ask there. Like, right. does the end justify the means? If you really want your mom to be happy, how far are you willing to allow that to go? That yeah. permission to go? And when do you let your friend go be happy with someone else? And when is it right to be selfish and say this is too weird? And so for us, and you know, the CW really pushed us to not forget about the reality of the awkwardness of the situation. There's plenty of jokes. Yeah. But there's also plenty of like, wow, this is really freaking weird. And yeah. and what would you do? And so we See, try to honor I that love as much that. as we can. Yeah, I love that that uh, shows that bring something a little different and a little unusual. Because I find that the, the broader comedies, I've already seen uh, for 20, 30 years or whatever. And I've already laughed at all of those situational, you know, wacky jokes or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I love the idea of something unusual or something you don't see coming. Because what did Travis Oates used to tell us all the time in our Acme classes when he was direct or when he, whatever he would direct us, he would be like, you know, it's the surprise. He did say a lot. It's the surprise in a comedy that makes you laugh. It's the thing you weren't expecting. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, and I think also comedy is almost every joke has been done. Some version of it. Sure. And the reason I love shows like, like blackish or modern family is Mm -hmm. you love those characters so much. You just want to see them be them. They can say a joke that isn't the funniest, but it's specific to them and you love them and you want to see them fail and succeed. Right. Right. And so in some ways it actually makes writing a comedy easier if you can have those characters because you're not just telling jokes in a vacuum. And Mm -hmm. and so hopefully we aren't telling jokes in a vacuum unless (laughs) we have have an episode about someone selling vacuums and then there, and then absolutely you should get in the vacuum. Exactly. And someone will be in the, in the belly of the vacuum. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So no, it's, I mean, it's, yeah, it's it's a strange thing writing uh, something that nine episodes is just it's not that long for a show, but it's the most I've ever coming out of sketch. Yeah, really spending. This I much mean, you're time going from people. like writing a three to four minute sketch mm-hmm. that goes up on stage one time and then never to be seen again to a half hour TV show. To 270 that's... minutes of content. Yeah, season. yeah. that's crazy. And then we, which we wrote in two and a half months. Wow. We started writing in mid March and mm-hmm. started shooting in mid May. Wow. So, yeah, it was a very fast. I mean, thank, thank goodness for Acme because learning well, you to write have to learn every quickly. week. Yeah, you just have yeah. to write. You had to learn to turn stuff really quickly because our show was every week. Yeah. And I just remember like every like Thursday or Friday, I'd be like, does anyone have a long blonde wig? Yeah. Uh, does anyone have a sword? I was responsible for wigs on this show. <laughs> I was so happy I got the set. And I was like, there's a guy who handles swords and wigs. Right. Hey, a guy they, named it's Carl who was fantastic. He... By, if we wrote sword, there was a sword there. I mean, we had a great props department because we wrote some really unusual weird things. I'm things. so excited to see it. Then I can't wait to see what you came up I'm with. I'm excited for people to see. I mean, we've been working on it for the, months. Yeah, when we and when we sold the digital series, 
was right after Sarah and I got married. So I mean, I've been with married. the show longer than I've been with been married. Yeah. How long? How long have you been married now? Uh, three years, September second. Wow. Yeah. So it's coming up on your anniversary. Yes. What are you guys doing? Anything special? Uh, will there be diamonds involved? Uh, I'm trying to help you out, Sarah. No, I think I think there will be Mexico involved. I think oh, we're gonna go back to, you're uh, just gonna get her the whole country. Yeah, exactly. It's pretty like cheap a good right idea. now. <laughs> the the change rate is pretty nice. Yeah, and you know, on on the first series, you money. I'm buying Mexico. For Mexico. Yes. Yeah. Some girls get rings. Other girls get Mexico. Other girls get Mexico. Um, so you, we actually went. On there's some kind of Mexican joke in there somewhere that we should probably skip over. Yes. <laughs> Save it for the screen. Save it. Um. We went to Z Watanejo for our honeymoon, which oh, is where okay. they escaped to at the end of Shawshank. Oh, nice. And so uh, I think we're, we may go back. Oh, yes. that'll be nice. So sort of waiting to see timing-wise how the is show you, does. Yeah, and yeah, totally. That stuff. Um, and now what, you, like we were just talking about a second ago, like what's next? Um, like what, what's next on the plate? What are the nine things that you have lined up ready to go? Are well, you still... I'm, I'm hoping for some, some semi-drunken love making in Mexico with Woo-hoo! my beautiful wife. All right. No pressure. It's just going to be out there for the internet. Yeah, I wish people could see her face I right know. now. <laughs> it's Sarah, beautiful, but contorted in a way like, that indicates oh why. Erin <laughs> um, and I have another show called Opting Out okay. that is about uh, a couple who is the last one in their group of friends to have a baby and they surprise their friends who all agreed to do this together yeah. by deciding not to have a baby and instead to have threesomes and adventures and just <sighs> not grow up. Right. And sort of seeing the ramifications of what that means that when all your friends... That is literally all my friends in LA. Yeah. And so that's... Everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's sort of... Uh, so we have that pilot that we wrote sort of right after we finished shooting last mm-hmm. year that we're sort of out with. Um, although I'm not sure... It'll sort of depend on what happens with the show if we can do another show. I hope we can't. Can they? <laughs> I, I, I was gonna say, can they lock you in? Then you can't. We do are the show. locked. You may not even have we, time. We could sell a pilot. We couldn't produce another show. We yeah, wouldn't be able yeah. to. Um, I'm not David Kelly. I don't know how to produce one show, much less a bunch of them. Yeah, hire a team of people under yes, you. Yes, that would be awesome. Yeah. Um, and then, Aaron and I want to do a feature together. She has a feature that she's um, working on. Yeah, that's that's optioned by New Line. Mm-hmm. Um, called Isn't It Romantic that's about a girl who ends up in a romantic comedy. So it sort uh, of pokes fun at that. And then I have cute. the feature Fall that's about it. It's set in Portland also about a guy who's about to kill himself mm-hmm. and a girl catches him before he jumps off a bridge and it's sunset and says, spend tonight with me and if I can't prove to you by dawn that life's worth living, I'll throw you off this bridge myself. Oh, wow. And so it's sort of like before sunrise meets It's a Wonderful Life or yeah, yeah. something like that. Uh, why Portland? What is it about Portland that you're uh, so drawn to? At that point in time, I Googled it, and it was apparently like the best place in America to kill yourself. Oh. It's super good for killing yourself. <laughs> like locally sourced, wow. grass-fed beef, and suicide. They have a lot of bridges and a lot of rain. How bizarre. What a strange... That's partly how the show came would... to Portland. Is I, I had written that script. That script got me a role in a movie shot in Portland. Mm-hmm. and then I, So I'd written it kind of based on that Googling, and then I went to Portland and really fell in love with it. And when Aaron and I were talking about doing the show, I was like, we have to do it in Portland. Yeah. And she initially, like Trip, uh, our boss, had the same reaction of, why? And I was like, just go to Portland. And so they both went and came back like, we have to do the show in Portland. Yeah. There's just something really magical. It's just it's just a really magical place. <laughs> it sounds weird. It's magical. It they is. give you fairy it. dust when you land. Yeah. I feel like Portland, I, yeah, I feel like people are going to listen and be like, what is Portland paying him? But I, Yeah, I, I know, think... right? They're all going to be like, it's not that great. No. I, I mean, in, a trailer. in the summer, it's great. <laughs> It's very affordable in Portland. Most people are in like nice craftsmen. Houses. Everywhere compared to here is affordable. Yeah. Except New York. Ooh. Yeah. But, but um, it's, yeah, it's a really cool place. And it's, um, we're there in the summer to shoot. So it's like lovely 13 weather. hour days, lovely weather. I would guess in January when you have like a four hour day and it's raining, 48 degrees miserable. and raining for three months straight. Yeah. It might be a little tougher, but the food's still really good. Yeah. So there's that. There's, there's always that. Wine. Yeah. Oh, Portland. Maybe I'll visit there one day. You should. If we're like, shooting, if we get a second maybe season, not. come. Come up and visit the set. Yeah. We'll do Motherhood in Hollywood live from the yes. set of Significant Mother. I would, season two. I would say we would cast you in something, but we can't really afford to fly people up from LA. Do you just do local hires? Um, we actually, we had a few. Um, Denise Richards, we brought up Linda Gray, who plays mm-hmm. uh, Chris oh. Allen's mom. Yeah. We brought up um, another a guy named Justin Dealey, who plays a character I can't mm-hmm. say. Uh, we brought up and then did a lot of local hires. Jerry O'Connell happened to be in town. 
Because oh, Rebecca wow. Romaine, his wife, is on the librarians that shoots there. Yeah. So we were able to get him as a local hire. Yeah. Because he was there. That's crazy. Yeah. That's um, good luck. Though. And then my wife was there because mm-hmm. she's my wife. And then Aaron's husband. So a lot of them. We had a great uh, guy named Tim Gorin who plays the chef at the restaurant from Seattle. Yeah. So, yeah, we tried to do as much locally. We just, you know, with a small budget, you have to. Well, yeah. I mean, you have to also get creative, too. Yes. With your budget and your casting, all that stuff. And it sounds like that's what you guys are doing. And you have to save that money for the big names because that's what you need is that big name draw. Yeah. I mean, it is. Aaron and I were talking about that. It's tough as an actor. You're like, why can't I get a part? Why do they want celebrities? It's like, because. They're celebrities. They're they make it very easy to promote your show. Yeah. It's funny. I feel like it's more important to a newer show to have names yeah. than it is as the show goes on because it helps you find your audience for better yeah. or worse. I mean, you instantly there's, there's auditions I go to now for, especially commercially, like they'll ask you at the sign in how many Twitter followers you have. And it's like, really? It matters. It does matter, but that, cause network, that's instant you know. help for their advertising. And, you know, and I'm sure it's the same thing theatrically. They want to know like how many people is this person going to tweet this out to yep. and help promote our show. And it's like, Oh man, there's actors that go to school for years and years to become really good and trained and they actors. They should have just been tweeting. Should have been just time. tweeting the whole time. Four hours, four Damn years, it. and four hours. That'd be a very short degree. I know, right? Four it, years in Twitter college. That online presence is such a huge part of casting now. And I'm verified on Twitter, Instagram, and my Facebook oh, fan page. Yeah. I don't have over 600 followers, so really? I am. Probably the least followed, verified. Like my family know, my mom knows for sure that I am me. Oh yeah. Between her, I think it's her, Sarah, and does she my follow sister. you on Twitter, your mom? Uh, she leads me on Twitter. Oh wow. No, my mom is very active on social media. She's my mom awesome. is not. Really? Oh, my mom my is mom. like, she. My mom is like my biggest fan and really cool. Like everyone that I work with, she's their biggest fan. Yeah. So get ready for a lot of likes. A lot of likes and yeah. a lot no, of tweets awesome. from Rich's mom. Is yes. she in North Carolina? Is yeah, she like... and my dad are in North Carolina. Yeah. Actually, technically South Carolina. They're in Charlotte. Well, they're oh. in Tika K, which is right on the border. Right on the border. I don't um, know which they'd prefer to be said, if North or South Carolina. It's like with Kansas City, Missouri. There's yeah. some people who are like, we're in the Missouri side. And there's people who are like, we're in the Kansas side. There's some weird yeah, battle. My mom's just like, why don't you call me more? I'm where I am. Here's my phone number. Oh. Sorry, mom. I'll you just say you. hi, mom. Yeah. <laughs> I, I we text a lot, so I forget that. I actually Sarah and I talked about this with. Uh, we were at an exercise class this morning, and she's friends with the instructor on Facebook. She's like, I met this guy once, but I know he just got a new dog and he's doing <laughs> this. And so I feel like that's true even with family. I forget when I haven't talked to my mom on the phone. Yeah. Because between texts and Facebook, and you're so sort of inundated with someone's life. That you feel like you're like a part you're, of it without yeah. actually being a part of someone's yeah. life. Yeah, I can go years without seeing somebody, but I'll be like, I know everything that's happening in their world because of social media and all that, which is a good thing, but it's also, it it's kind of bad because it doesn't force you to go out and see your friends anymore. It's really ruining the high school reunion industry. It really is. Like, why do I need to reunite? <laughs> you, I know what you had for breakfast this right. morning. I've seen all your kids' pictures yeah. since they were born. That brunch on Sunday you had was really transcendent. I'm really, that's <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Facebook and <laughs> yeah. Twitter and Instagram. Um, we're everywhere. Everybody yes. has to be everywhere. Now you have to put all your personal business out there for everybody. Yeah, it's been interesting starting to use Twitter to promote the show. Yeah, I was going to say, have you been using the, trying to starting get more? Starting to. It's yeah. cool. I mean, for that for that purpose, it's really cool because it's a fun way to interact with fans and people mm-hmm. you don't know. When, when nobody you don't know wants to talk to you, I don't know what the point of it is. Yeah. Sarah and I were talking about that. I feel like it was just where I put comments that were too risque or dickish to put on Facebook. <laughs> right, right. But now it's like, it's kind of, you know, it's it's really, it's an interesting way to get, I think it will be an interesting way to get feedback mm-hmm. about what people like, what oh, they don't. Oh, for sure, yeah. Um, unfortunately, we've already shot our season, so can't so apply it this year. But season uh, two. Fuck you guys. Thanks for the uh, yeah. feedback. Though. Oh, we can drop the F-bomb. I wasn't sure. Of course. I've been avoiding, I said friggin'. I've, oh I, my I God, said, you're so cute. No, yeah. say fuck all you want. I've, fuck. I've said shit and fuck at least five times during this conversation. Okay. You so. know, I, I just heard that, that last fuck really hit hard. So. <laughs> I have the worst body mouth. I'm the worst mom ever. I literally, mm-hmm. one of Channing's like, little phrases she says all the time she'll go oh fuck and i'm like oh my god and then you're like oh fuck and then she's like oh fuck and you're like oh fuck stop i know it. and then we're literally the trashiest family on your block sarah got mad at me because we were walking down larchmont on sunday and i said i don't fucking care and there was like 55 kids <laughs> I, 55 I, yes it was a very specific number of children someone is very fertile <laughs> exactly <laughs> Um, this woman was just being carried down the street by her children. <laughs> like in a way. Yes, a harem That's of hilarious. Kids. Uh, uh, no, I, cussing is great. I embrace it. I don't cuss very often. I just tend to only do it when kids that aren't mine are around. Yeah. And not on purpose. I feel like my body just, 
It's like when you can't have carbs, you want them. It's like my body knows that like now is the time to not do this. I don't want my child to cuss. I just have a problem with it. Like I physically have to stop and go, do not say fuck right now. Oh. And it takes a lot of effort when you're in like the heat of the moment. (laughs) So I. Yeah, when you're telling your kid to go fuck themselves, it's really hard. It really does take me a minute to process. You go fudge yourself. I am, I am in, we're in the top section right now, a new and noteworthy on iTunes, and I'm the only one that's explicit. Really? The only, the only show that has the E. That's amazing. I know. Motherhood in Hollywood. And it's like, not for all audiences. Not for everybody. But see, I would, I feel like that should be clear within the first couple of minutes, but also that's why they do that little rating there. So people who are listening won't listen with little Johnny. You shouldn't be anyway. On our show, I learned there's a very weird barometer for what's explicit, especially Uh. because CW is over air. So it's FCC. It's not just their internal standards and practices in the original pilot. Um, as shot for the digital version, Nate, uh, Josh, the main character, is uh, yelling at his mom and his friend who he's walked in on basically having sex. And he's sitting on the couch and he's like, I think the line was like, and you think sleeping with your son's best friend is acceptable behavior and you think treating my mom like one of your bar groupies makes it any better and what the hell keeps poking me in the butt and he pulls out a dildo and he freaks (laughs) out and he throws it and it hits the ground and it flops like a dead fish (laughs) and it's buzzing. You cannot show a dildo on television. What? I feel like I've seen dildos. Uh, on cable. Oh, Comedy Central. You can't yeah. show a dildo. You can't say the word dildo. Really? You can have that same character say, and what the heck keeps poking me in the butt, pull out an obscenely large cucumber Are and you say, serious? please tell me you were making a salad. <laughs> so that's what we had to do. So oh, that's. Wow. So basically, we're insinuating that this very lovely mother who's having a perfectly acceptable relationship with a younger man may or, be, may, or may not be getting veggie banged. Yeah, I was going to say. And that's fine. But a perfectly healthy adult sex toy that is available anywhere and totally wow. fine if that's what makes you happy, can't even can't even mention it. Wow, that's so absurd. Yeah. Why that they would think that a sex toy over, or a, over a cucumber is more offensive. It's offensive to me that... I, that a that woman, sex is offensive? That sex is offensive. Yeah. yeah, but a woman of a certain age, or any age really, would get off on a cucumber. Who's doing that? I feel like people did that in the 80s when they couldn't get sex toys. Right. And even then, but I feel now, like it, there's just so many, There's so, it's very precarious vegetable. It can snap. I mean, there's all sorts of... <laughs> it can get diced up in there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It depends on how vigorous... Oh my God, this is going very explicit. It goes in one way and it comes out ready for a salad. <laughs> Just comes out fully diced. I would like to see that episode. Is that where the pre-diced vegetables at Whole Foods come from? (laughs) Yes. From women's vaginas. (laughs) Now I know. Okay. That makes so much sense. I'm not going to be married after this. Please feel free to write that into the next show. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure the FCC will love that. (laughs) Yeah. Right. This is perfectly acceptable. Yes. As long as it's not a dildo. (laughs) Exactly. Dildon't do that. Uh, Well, I am really excited for your show. I'm looking forward to it. I'm so proud of you. And I'm so excited that we used to work together on the Acme stage and now look at you. A big damn producer in Hollywood. I'm the same size. You are the same size. Actually, Aaron and I were driving home one day. You have a much better haircut, by the way. Thank you. Oh my God, I know. It's so bad. The long hair. Your wife is agreeing vigorously. Yes, it was really, yeah. It was like a weird, like, pre-Justin Bieber. Yeah, it was. You know that comedian Tig Notaro? Mm-hmm. That's what it, it looks like. Her. Hair. Yeah, I got, I, <laughs> I got compared to Dimitri. Someone told me I look like Dimitri Martin, and then I cut it all off right yeah, away. Yeah, it was, it was not the best. But it, no. you know, it wasn't the worst. It wasn't the but worst, but it was really close. But it was really close. It was the best, but it looks so much better now. You Thank look so you. profesh and grown up. I feel like it. Actually, Aaron and I were saying though one day we were driving home from failing to write one of the episodes, and we we're like, "Do do you think we're ever going to feel important? Like, do you think this will ever make us feel important?" She was like, "The day it gets announced, we'll put it on Facebook, and it'll be like our birthday, and we'll feel really important for about four hours, yep. and then we'll go back to not knowing how to write the next episode." Yep. And it's so true. Yeah. And it's funny, even writing now, it's like. It's no different of a process than making the shorts for Acme or writing the sketches. It's the same amount of fun and the same amount of heartache. And I think that's why it's really cool is, you know, it just feels like getting to do what we're getting. I'm getting to do what I love and what I want. And now hopefully just more people will see it. Yeah. And that's really, that's just the, I think the best feeling in the world is when people see your work and they love it and they enjoy it. Cause I, you know, if they like it and they tolerate it and we get to do more (laughs) of it, I'll take that (laughs) because we're having a blast. Right, right, right. 
Yeah. Um, so Significant Mother airs Monday nights on the CW. Does it have an official time slot yet? Yep, 9.30. 9.30. 8.30 Central. Okay. I don't know what time in Hawaii because I think they have their own thing. <laughs> Based on your on the description of the scene you just said, is this a family show? <laughs> um, is it-, it really depends. I will use my cousin Ashley's description. I, I told her... Uh, that there was a dildo in it before I showed her the other version because mm-hmm. um, she has a daughter that was like 11 and 8. I'm going to get in trouble for this. And I was like, just so you know, there's a dildo in it. She's like, oh, don't worry. Aubrey found uh, found uh, something in my drawer. So, <laughs> so we've already aware. had this conversation. She's, she knows. Oh. Yes. I'm in trouble for that, aren't so I? So maybe it's a... Is that bad? I was like, uh, I don't know. It's all right. Just don't... Just don't tell her, her to listen to this. Not, yeah. Don't tell her to listen. Tell everyone else yeah. to listen. Um, okay. So I'm going to tweet the hell out of this when your show premieres. Yes. And if you're uh, on Instagram, it's at CW Significant Mother. On Twitter, it's at CW Mother. Facebook? It's whatever the CW's website is. It's Significant Mother on Facebook. I don't know which what the thing is. They could probably just search Significant yeah, Mother. Yeah, and I'm at Rich Keith. Yeah, and follow Rich as well. And I'll put all of the links up on motherhoodandhollywood.com as well so you guys can find Rich and find his show. Yes. And um, thank you so much for coming Thank you on. for having I me. I'm sorry, it. Ashley and Mom and anyone. <laughs> any other relationships I may have ruined, I apologize. You know I'm what's very a good grateful. interview when you have to apologize at the end? Yeah, I'm Ooh. grateful for my family, for the CW. <laughs> For my writing partner, for my wife, for Heather, and for all of you. For all of you. Very good, as you should be. Yes. I don't think you're going to be in any trouble. Okay, good. It was great. Cool. Um, thanks so much for listening, everybody. Make sure you go on iTunes and give us a quick review so you can be entered to win the Motherhood in Hollywood tote bag and Honest Company bundle. And you have until September 15th again to do that. And, of course, follow us on Twitter at MIH Podcast and go search for us on Facebook as well at Motherhood in Hollywood. And, yeah, that's it. I hope you guys have a great week. We'll see you next time. Balls.